Hey, legends, you know, none of our interviews or episodes ever date, ever. They are all timeless and ready for you for when you're ready to listen. Download the lot and rip in. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors at Griffin Air Conditioning. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services, technology and developments in the industry, as well as dealing with some legendary blokes. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you for a cool deal. That's griffinair.com.au. Welcome back to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legend Series with the Hoffmans, Ryan and Jay. The story continues. Ryan, being the son of a first grade footballer, an advantage or disadvantage as you would come through the grades, or was it both? Oh, I never saw it as a as a d- disadvantage. Yeah. I, I I took great pride in it, to be quite honest. Um, yeah, there were many times that you, you know, it was great to hear him at the start of my career, Ray Ray Warren talking about mm. how he used to, um, you know, commentate Dad, and now he's commentating me. Um, I remember I was in a. Um, all-Stars game against the Indigenous All-Stars and Wayne Bennett was a coach and Wayne coached Dad, first of all, at Brisbane Brothers in the early yeah. 80s and then in 87. And I think I think he called me Jay the whole time. I don't think he called me Ryan once. I think he called me, called me Jay the whole week. Smithy pulled him up on it once and I think he just said, I'm, I'm just going to run with this. So, yeah. uh, no, look, as I said, I always, always took took great pride and um, I, I took great pride in, in, in Dad's career and what he did. And not, not so much... What I, I took, take great pride in what he did, but also how how respected he was, mm. and you know, Belag talks about it when you know he, he talks about Dad and other sort of players. They just you know, it was a hard, it was a tough bastard because what, what he got put through those mm. early days at the Raiders, um, get on the back of hidings, but they always said Dad sort of stood up and you know to get clubbing and, and like you're at the club what five six years you to get clubbing twice. twice. Yeah. I, th- I think that's it says a lot. And, uh, it was more pride though, than anything. I don't think it was a disadvantage or an advantage. Yeah, it's a long association, the Bellamy and the Hoffman families, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And yeah, Craig is is a wonderful football coach, but he's a he's a great person. Better person, isn't yeah, he? We, yeah, we we you know we always hit it off right mm. from the get go, and uh, yeah, you know, he was always a hard worker. I, I remember saying to Ryan when. He, yeah. he signed for Melbourne and then Craig actually signed after him um, and I said, wow, yeah. <laughs> you're going to find out what it's all about. You'll be fit at yeah. least. He, that's, yeah. that's what he said. Because I, I signed under Mark Murray and then a couple of weeks okay. after I, so I signed, he got he got, uh, he got sacked and they signed Belliac. Wow. I said, oh, you remember, remember Craig and all that sort of stuff? And he goes, yeah. You're going to work out, I'll tell you. You're going to learn how to train hard. Yeah. He had that work ethic even back in the 80s. 100%. He, he was always doing the extras, really was. He was a a refrigeration mechanic at the club, but he'd be in the gym all the time. And, you know, he was just a dedicated footballer. Was he as grumpy then as he is now? Yeah, he used to have the moments where he'd take the mouth gear <laughs> yeah. and throw it down the ground. Well, that's just footage of a game. He got, yeah, he, got, he, got, he got replaced. Like, they're giving the team, I think Give, give Easter hiding one day yeah. and he got replaced and he's throwing his mouth yeah, out he jumps off the field. Yeah. 
We speak about Melbourne. How did you end up there? You're a Tigers junior. You went oh, to the famed Western suburbs. Western suburbs. Western suburbs. Sorry, Magpies. Yeah, mighty Magpies. Look, I was in. I um yeah I was just a Western Suburbs junior. I always sort of played my, my rugby league there, and um, I was in the West Tigers sort of system there for a while. Yeah. I played um, reserve grade my last year at school for West, and um, my my contract was up, and I wanted to. The the t- Tigers at the time they just lost um, Terry Lamb as a coach, and they hadn't yeah. had a coach for for the next year, and. I just felt like I wanted to change. I wanted yep. something different, and you know, I had the best family life in the world. But I wanted to leave home. Mm. Like I was, I was 18 years old, ready to. Fin- I was finishing school, and I don't know what it was, but I just felt like um, le- leaving home might, might, might be good. Yeah. But as I say, it wasn't due to home life. Home life is fantastic, and I had a couple of um, c- couple of offers my last year. Um, in the end, it came down to Melbourne and the Roosters. Um, really? Yeah, it came down to them. Um, and that was when I had to make a decision. I had to make a decision what what it was all all about for me. And um, the Roosters' offer was better, mm. but Melbourne could offer me the top squad. So yeah. I was I was tossing up, and in the in the end, I took a bit of less cash to get in into the top squad mm. in Melbourne, and um, I got to leave home, moved out of home straight out of school. I was 18 years old, and I didn't know anyone at, mm. at Melbourne. Didn't know any of the players. I sort of sort of knew Craig from running into him in games and that every now and then. But um, yeah, it was just a decision I wanted to make. I remember Dad and I went down to Melbourne to to have, have a look around, uh, just see what it was about. And we um, like there certainly wasn't anything flash. Like we, nah. we, we went to Olympic Park, didn't we? Yeah, and it was old yeah, and run down. Yeah. Even their yeah. offices and gym, it wasn't all that great. Yeah. But the people that sort of showed us around was Greg Brentnell, Chris Johns. John Rebo, and we even went and spoke to Peter Blunden, um, who yeah. was who was the boss of um, of the Herald Sun. And I remember leaving it and we were on the plane on the way back, and it just I, I knew that this was the place, sort of for me. Yeah. And um, it, it it just sort of felt right. And and as I say, I, I being a rugby league tragic, I would have loved to as a kid been played for the Raiders, but yeah, I, yeah I, there wasn't any interest in me when yeah. I when I was a kid, which which was fine. I. Bit of a traditionalist would have seen myself playing for a Sydney club, but yep. in the end, Mel- everything about Melbourne felt right. And moving down to Melbourne, I was, you know, living with Billy and Cam. We were living down, being professional footballers, playing football for a living. It was the best life in the world. <laughs> yeah. An amazing time to be at the Storm. There were some senior players with a great deal of international respect in mm-hmm. the club, but there was a lot of young kids that were hungry, super talented, with their heads on. Yeah, and and look, it was, oh. I was 18. Billy was only supposed to come down until Christmas. He was only contracted till Christmas, and then he was he was heading back. Uh, same with Dallas Johnson, but they identified Bill Belak like Billy because he competed in everything. Mm. Loved Dallas because Dallas was t- tough on boots. So he said, "All right, we'll give you guys um, after Christmas as well." Turf blokes like Cooper Cronk back up to Brisbane. Um, That's right. He, he yeah. couldn't. He, he did, didn't make it, and um, so we we were sort of coming through and. Um, it was just a great time to be – because what the benefit was, Craig shaped, sh- shook everything up. He changed the way Melbourne Storm had always done pre-season. It was a tough, long slog. What Bradley wanted to do was weed out the mentally weak guys. Yep. Where we were beneficial was we had senior players and Matty Guy, Steve Kearney, Rodney Howe, Robbie Ross, Robbie Kearns. They bought into what Craig was about. Yep. And that was the difference. So for us as young kids, 18, 19, we, we thought this was normal. We thought hey, every yep. team does. It's what it takes to be a first grader. It's our first grade teams change. So we just bought into it 
and we were led by some really strong, great leaders who bought into what the coach was about, mm-hmm. and that just created harmony um, amongst the team. And you know, we loved it. We were getting our ass handed to on us day in, day out. Yeah. But we thought, oh, well, hang on, everyone's doing this, aren't they? And for a young player coming into first grade, into understanding what being a first grader is all about, and what hard work and what work ethic was all about. We, we lucked into it, to be quite honest. And, you know, we, we had a good group of guys who mm. who were who were talented, um, but it's, you said it before, they were hungry. We wanted to be successful. We wanted to be the be the best. And, you know, we, we got that much confidence out of where we were training because mm. we think we're, we're fitter and stronger than what we've ever been. And, you know, but success in Melbourne didn't come straight away. I mean, it no. took us three years. Bear Lake's first three years, we couldn't get past the second round of the semis. Yeah. And then, you know, after, after that, we managed to make four grand finals in a row. But it was a slow burn for us. But, you know, we knew what it, what it took. You're listening to Andy Raymond Unfiltered, the Legends series. We have corporate and private sponsorship packages available. You set the terms. For further information on how you can become part of the team, go to the website, andyraymondunfiltered.com.au and hit the sponsorship tab. I, I always said said to people, I would have backed myself to be an NRL player, whichever club I went to. Yep. But playing under Craig helped me become the first grader I wanted to become. Yep. Like and I, there's a difference. Yeah, there, there, there's a massive difference. I didn't want to just be a first grader. I wanted to, I wanted to achieve everything rugby league, and certainly playing under Craig helped me with, with that. But as I said, I would have backed myself to be a first grader anywhere. But I had a vision in my head of the first grade I wanted to be and under Craig's tutelage and playing with the fantastic players I got to play with certainly helped that. Three stints at the Storm, do they stand out for different reasons? Yeah, certainly. I mean, that that first stint going from an 18-year-old kid, just left school, didn't really know anything, just playing footy and living the life, thinking this is the best job in the world. Um, and then having that success and then going from the best times of rugby league that you'll ever sort of have playing in four straight grand finals mm. to have, having something happen to you that's probably the worst thing that could ever happen to a, a rugby league team mm. um, and going away like that was a, a great experience going away to England and then coming back for the second stint it was a, for me it was unfinished oh, I hate the term but it was sort of unfinished business Absolutely I wanted to get was. back in the rep footy yep. um, I felt I wasn't done in rep footy we wanted to win premierships again mm. And then to come back there at at the end, I mean, to be able to finish as a Melbourne Storm player was certainly something. And I was I was a bit of a crossroads um, after the Warriors uh, didn't want to resign. I wasn't quite sure what was going to happen. I, I thought at some stage I was going to the UK mm. um, to finish my career over there in France, but in the end it happened, and I got to finish as a, as a Melbourne Storm player where it all started. Premierships, representative success for Ryan. Mm. Having played Jay and seeing the boys succeed like he did, I would imagine that in some ways probably shines brighter than your own career when, when, when you yeah. look at how proud you are of, of your offspring. Yeah, he, he usurped my career, yeah, hands down. And uh, you know, we're, as a family, we're proud about the way that he approached it. You know, he was, uh, he was fair to him about his football. Yeah. Um, you know, it was very important to him. You know, the fact that, as Ryan said, you know, we signed with a different coach and yep. and then, but yeah, you know, and I put that down to John Rebo. He 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 was he sold Melbourne mm. really well, and um, yeah, we we had a conversation when we were down there for that di- day, and he gave me a lot of confidence that 
yeah, Melbourne was going to be a. It's not wasn't just going to be there making up the numbers, and um, and then once Ryan joined the club, the way the senior players and the leadership they showed um, was was really important, um, especially for parents. Yeah, you know, sending your kid away, eighteen years old, yeah, um, and all the way to Melbourne. Um, but that's yeah, that's what we decided, didn't we? Well, you decided, and then yeah, I yeah. Well, yeah, it was I? I kept on asking what you thought I should do, and I said I'm not going to tell you. It's your decision. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, I'll give yeah, you uh, to, to you and Jenny. Wonderful credit, and I'm not pissing in your pocket, but I, I recall him playing reserve grade, and I recall debut year. Uh, one of very few in the modern era that had a good head on his shoulders, even as a young bloke. He mm. he didn't walk around thinking he was. The answer to everything. He was a, a good young man from a very young age. Yeah, well, thank you. But yeah, that's that's way. Yeah, we treat each other. And yeah, that, yeah, and, that, and that's what stood out with Melbourne that they could set themselves apart there. And it was a bit like Canberra. Yeah, um, it was. Yeah, it was. Canberra was a long way to go. Not many people wanted to go there because yeah. it's freezing cold in winter. Um, not too dissimilar to Melbourne, <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we we were very proud, and I I never thought he'd be any different. To be honest, yeah. it was never a worry that he wouldn't do the right thing. It was whether he was in an atmosphere where that was, you know, all the good things mm. um, were put um, you know, prominently out there. But but that, that was a, that's all come down to the leadership too. The lead, the, yeah. the yeah. senior players at the club kept their, like you know we had guys who end up becoming household names, like especially look at Billy and Cam. Mm. But there, there was no ego at all about it. Yeah, there was no ego at all, and that that shows a lot about the environment they were in. They didn't foster an ego-driven environment. It was always team-based. Not always easy times. And Ryan touched on earlier the salary cap saga. How difficult as a parent? For you and Jenny, watching your son get dragged through something that, quite frankly, he absolutely had nothing to do with. He was just part of an organisation. Uh, I remember the conversation I had with Ryan when he rang to tell me what had happened. And I, it was disbelief, to be honest, that, um, yeah, they can't take away the mm. premierships. You know, they, they, they can't do that to you. And... Um, and yeah, we we got caught up in the emotion of it all because it was it was a pretty emotional time. Yes. And I remember going down, you know, we booked to, we booked a flight to go down and watch the boys play the the Warriors in yep. that um, in Melbourne uh, straight after it came out. And yeah, they I felt sorry for the Warriors that night because there was no way it was a pounding yeah yeah. And I I, ju- I just felt that was. The club showed mm. everybody that you know they're not going to sit back and win. So they're going to, you know, take it on the chin and go forward. Griffin Air Conditioning offers the highest quality of air conditioning sales and service across the Sydney metropolitan area, providing installation and maintenance to commercial, domestic, and industrial customers. Working with this team, you'll be guaranteed the latest services technology and developments in the industry. Visit griffinair.com.au and tell them we sent you.
for a cool deal. Uh, I remember talking to Wally Lewis um, there that night. Yeah, and Wally's a champion bloke. He always looks out for people that he's played football yeah. with and he wants to bend your ear and whatever. But um, I remember having a conversation with him and and he he said that, you know, Canberra wouldn't um, – the Raiders wouldn't let that – the Raiders, Canberra. The Storm wouldn't let that stop. Yeah. Uh, and uh, – but yeah, you you hurt for your kids, of course, and we we were we were all pretty close, all the families, you know, because obviously mm. young um, parents, lot from Queensland, yeah, and um, yeah, we all got on pretty well, and we were all a bit devastated, but uh, you know, the way they stood up was um, inspiring. It was, it was, it was admirable. Do you look back on those tough times, Ryan, or do you wipe it from the memory bank? You don't wipe it from the memory bank. It happened. There's, there's no yeah. point hiding hiding from it. You know, it happened, but you, you take a lot of solace in the fact that you came out, out of it in the end. I mean, mm. you know, what, what, what the, the values of the club and the values you got brought up with um, really come to the fore, and, you know, that, that's what helped you get through it. That, that's what helped you, not, not only in a football sense, but also in a life sense as well. Yeah. Um, Builds a, a level of resilience, I guess. Well, yeah, you have to be. You, yeah. you had to have resilience. And, you know, we went through some very tough times. We had some very tough road trips. Um, yeah, and fo- footy fans are footy fans. They, they, they certainly let you know how you feel, and in the end, we had to cop it. A lot of it was, yeah, you know, we, we we knew it was coming, and, and in the end, there was no point sort of dwelling on it. But we knew that um, really what the club was about. Yeah. This club was built on hard work and high standards, not anything else. Three hundred games. It's it's now a milestone that we celebrate, and rightfully so. For both of you, does that afternoon on the Gold Coast stand out? Yeah, it's a yeah. weird sort of guy. Yeah, no, it certainly does. Yeah. It, it certainly did for us, yeah, Jenny and myself. And yeah, the family. That yeah, we're very proud of the mm. fact that not not only that he he played three hundred first grade games. It's just the way he conducted himself. Yeah. You know, Ryan's yeah, football's been what it's all been about. It hasn't been about him mm. you know, having a good time, and I think. One of the things I kept reiterating, he, you know, footballers today don't own the game. Yep. Yeah, there's little kids like Ryan was who um, who aspire to play it. They're just and the custodians exactly. of the game at the moment. And you've yeah. got to leave it in a better place than how you found it. So, And I was certainly very proud of the fact that mm. um, Ryan had done nothing to take away from that. Does it hold a special place in your heart that day? Yeah, it was... Um Everything sort of come <laughs> come together yeah. that day. I got the to get it get a try, and you know the boys come away with with a, with a great win. We were having a bit of a real up and down season, yeah. but yeah. I mean the effort what the boys put in. And I remember um, my last game against the Warriors in New Zealand. The boys uh, Simon Maring presented me a, something with the team that all the Warriors did that year for fellas that were retiring. Mm. And I remember saying in the, in the speech, I mean that will always be etched in my memory. Yep. Like I was at the Warriors for three years and the effort that those boys put in, whether they put in for me or not, I don't, I don't know, but to make sure that that was a special night for me and mm. an afternoon for me is, is something that I'll, I'll never forget. Like The boys played really well and you could see that effort was there and that, 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 that just summed up you know, the people at the Warriors that, that I played with. They were fantastic people and to understand something that was really important to me, to make it important for themselves was great too. And, they even scored a try late at the end, so I could have a 
kick have a, a kick a goal. I now yeah. have a career record of one from three. So. <laughs> No goals on your resume, I noticed today. <laughs> uh, actually, ah, actually. Ah, well, there you oh, go. really? Yeah. They're um, playing at Newtown Park, playing reserve grade. Um, it was your last game, wasn't it? Was last ga- no, I think it might have been the last game I played. It was a bit different from Ryan's last game, I must yeah. admit. <laughs> and uh, down at um, on the ovals around Henson Park there yeah. and kicked my one and only goal. Are we talking sideline into a gale? All those things. Yes, <laughs> it was. It was unbelievable. I, I think people laughed so hard because <laughs> I, I, I remember Henson Park. It was the only place that the dressing sheds were unique. Yes, where you had to walk up the stairs yeah. to go and have a shower. Yeah. And uh, after playing a game of football, it was never good. But yeah, no, I celebrated hard that day. I kicked the goal. Having played at Henson, I know how hard it was too in the middle of the field. Yeah. So you definitely needed a shower. <laughs> That's right. Oh, that was brutal. They were they were pretty rough those fields, weren't they? Yeah. Boys, the game in twenty twenty one. Do we do we like what we're seeing? Are we going in as, the right as a Melbourne Storm man? I'm loving what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah should. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I I think there's been a lot of snap decisions made that I yeah. don't think has been for the benef- benefit of the game. I understand the reasoning behind a couple of decisions. Look, you talk about speeding the game up, I don't think it's equated to, to better football. That's my personal, my, my personal opinion. Yeah. The, the crackdown with the head highs, I think you need to protect um, players for, from themselves yes. and concussion is a, is, a, is a real concern within the game and in, in society. And as someone who got concussed a lot in my career, I, I, I certainly understand all that. But whether or not the crackdown has equated to making the game safer, I'm not sure. I think if you look at the statistics, I think most players who have stayed off the field from concussions has been either making tackles or with head clashes. Yeah. I think players have gone into the protocols for like a HIA from a head-eye tackle, but mm. a lot of them come back on. So they made the game faster. The first thing that come that goes when you're fatigued is technique. Yes. So tackle technique goes out the window, and we're seeing a lot of concussions from poor t- tackle te- technique. So, look, I, I, th- I think some research, some more research, and some more um, getting data on where these things were coming from, yeah. as to yeah, make make a decision on on some of these rule changes. I understand that we want to make this game as safe as possible because yeah. we want kids playing. Um, you know, my my son's has played rugby league, mm. and I want it, want it safer when when he plays and, and all that sort of thing. But it's not making snap decisions without looking at it um, for an appropriate amount of time. It's my feel. Very well worded. What about you, Jay? Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's really necessary that they stop people getting hit in the head. Yep. So you know, your game's not going to survive if. Mm. People go around coming off with concussions, so they've got to get rid of it. I think, I think they need to adapt some of the training um, that happens. I don't mm. know whether the teams have had enough time to 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 start implementing you know different tackle techniques yeah. to ensure that that doesn't happen. Mm. So hopefully the game learns from it. Mm. And, you know, teams are coached in a way, and kids are brought up mm. through the system. Well, yeah, but you want to encourage blokes to tackle around the legs. That's obviously the safest yeah. place to do it. But there's no reward in today's game 
for making a leg stack. Exactly. exactly. There's no reward because they want the game sped up. They want you off the leg straight away. Yep. So why would you coach your okay. players to yeah, yeah, Do well, a little comparison yeah. Jay. As, as a young man, we'll, we'll talk 19, uh, late 1970s, where were you taught to tackle? Hips sliding down to legs? I, I was really lucky um, as a kid coming up. So this is, I don't know, I would have been 12, 13. Yep. Um, there was a guy in Casino where I, I was um, brought up called Eddie Walker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an Aboriginal guy and just had an affinity for football. Yep. And he taught he taught us how to do all the right things. Okay. You know, so how to tackle. And I was always taught to tackle low. Yep. Um I, you know, I I I think people do get hurt tackling low, but I don't think they're they're getting the injuries that happen in uh you know, with a swinging arm or That's right. yeah. Yeah. elbow or whatever. Yeah. So you know, I I, I think the modern game is, is sort of put legs tackles out of it because yep. you're trying to control the ball. You don't want people passing. So all, all they, you know, what they need to do is start you know, training new different techniques about how to tackle mm. people with the ball, whether it be between the knees and the shoulders, which yep. is a sort of AFL sort of way. Yep. Maybe that's it. I, I, I don't know. Okay, that's late 70s we're talking there. Ryan, as you as a, a, an 18-year-old, where was your tackle target that you were taught? Uh, I, I was like that. I was taught tackle around the legs. Yep. From when I was when I started playing rugby league, that yep. was on tackling around the legs. When did it change? Um. Well, when 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 you start playing sort of first grade and that sort of stuff, you got you got to wrap wrap yep. it all up. And uh, you, you find that in tackles these days, you don't get your time in the tackle on the ground because that yeah. went off. You get your time in the tackle on the transition from the top. To the ground, yes, and that that's that that's where the, the games change a bit because they don't lie, they don't want you lying on the blokes. Mm. So you take your time in taking the bloke on the ground. That's where you get time in the tackle. But um, yeah, it's as as I say, you don't get the reward for mm. for a great legs tackle anymore. Like the old, you know, what they call it, the Johnny yeah. Raper tackle around the bootlace. Yeah. You don't get the reward. Yeah, yeah, well, you you know that gets the person to the ground quickly, but it gets them to the ground quickly on their chest, and they've got to get up. And as yep. you're saying, everybody's trying to speed things up so much these days. So uh, yeah, and it, and it takes time. I, I think you know the, the the monumental thing changes that they've made this year about you know quick play the ball, yep. people get off. It, it, there's got to be a balance somewhere. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and yeah, you know, players need to train it. Yeah. yeah, I get the feeling the three of us could sit here quite comfortably until oh, we'll uh, solve the problems of the world. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. right. We'll get, we'll get, we'll get. You know, peace yeah. in the Middle East. We'll get everything going. <laughs> yeah. It's been an absolute pleasure sitting down with the pair of you, enjoying a coldie with the pair of you, and talking footy. Uh, the Hoffmans, Jay and Ryan, you guys are legends. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Thanks Andy. We hope you're enjoying this edition of Andy Raymond Unfiltered. The Legends series drops at the start of your working week. It's in-depth, personal and highlights some of the game's finest from yesteryear. The weekly wodge drops in time for your weekend. It's full on and the hottest podcast on the market. Why listen to opinions when you can listen to interviews with the stars? And on every episode, you can hear up to a dozen different players and coaches both past and present, giving their thoughts on the great game. 
It's fast-paced, full of footy and laughs. It's a must-listen. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast wherever you are listening. That way, you won't miss a thing. Every episode will drop immediately. Before you go, we'd love a five-star rating and review. It's not for ego, it's for business, as we look to expand the unfiltered brand and bring you more. Make sure you come back soon, legends.